Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Advisory Board Chair L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on all things startups. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and experts tackling a myriad of topics facing the marketplace and sharing economy startup ecosystem. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle. Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Today, I am pleased to welcome my guest, Jan Eisfeldt, who is Global Head of Trust and Safety at the Wikimedia Foundation and also a new member of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. Thanks for having me. Hope you have been well. Thank you. And I am really excited to talk to you about Wikimedia. Um, it's a, a name that many people will be familiar with, but they might think that I'm mistakenly saying Wikipedia wrongly or, you know, it's familiar but unfamiliar. It's a foundation and a non-profit. I know that much. Um, but can you tell me a bit more about what the difference is between Wikimedia and, and Wikipedia and what other companies the foundation actually encompasses? Of course, with pleasure. So a good way to think about this for listeners is to think about the Wikimedia Foundation as a platform provider with a charitable educational purpose. So we provide technical services as well as other kinds of support services uh, to self-governing volunteer communities that align well with our charitable educational mission. Wikipedia is probably the most prominent example. Um, There are 383 language versions where volunteers get together to freely create, curate, and disseminate the knowledge of humankind uh, under a free license. Two other prominent um, examples that also um, rely on our platform services are Wikidata, now, the world's biggest structured data um, community that feeds into not just Wikipedia for updating um, data items, but also is used by the wide variety of businesses, uh, by charitable institutions, by galleries, national archives, etc. And then the third quite prominent example is uh, Wikimedia Commons, which is a free media um, community that creates and creates Uh, pictures, audio files, video files under free license for everyone to use as well. And which one came first? Presumably Wikipedia and and the the foundation came out of that because Wikipedia, I I think I'm right in saying, is is around 20 plus years old. Is that right? You're absolutely correct. Uh, Wikipedia has been around for a little bit more than 20 years now. And the other projects of which there's a reasonably wide variety subsequently were started by interested communities with foundation support um, later on. Wikidata is, for example, an edition from 2012-13 and the last very large edition um, to the communities that we support. But there's a wide variety of others that people can read about on Wikipedia and then click through links from there. Mm-hmm. Now, your role is Global Head of Trust and Safety, and you've just described the the, the size and the amount of languages that the, the just the Wikipedia part uh, is in. 
how do you deal with a community of that size when it comes to trust and safety? Because it, it almost seems to me like your job must be borderline impossible, but um, it's obviously not because you're you're doing it. But it, it, it just seems so huge. How 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 can you possibly monitor something like that? Because it starts and usually also ends uh, with the human experience on the small scale. So what is very important to understand is how different our platform governance enabled by the very distinct choices of architecture for the platform um, work on the trust and safety level compared to um, other large user-generated content platforms. Um, We have a system that prioritizes and focuses in on strengthening community self-governance. So most of the decisions that in other platforms are being taken um, either by the platform provider themselves or the outsourcing partners are, and I think much more appropriately so, in our context taken by the communities themselves. So English language Wikipedia, for example, elects its own uh, what they call administrators, which are effectively content moderators that can protect articles, delete articles, block spam accounts, etc. Um, and there is an accountability mechanism between the electing community uh, and the community members granted the additional user rights in that context. So most of our communities work like that. And the foundation role really is to enable these processes with tooling as well as policy support, but also to be an escalation point um, for either concerns that are not appropriately handable um, by volunteers. Think about um, standard trust and safety challenges like child protection material, for example, that should really be handled by appropriately supported professionals. There's consensus between us and the community partners that we collaborate with that. Or uh, when the local community doesn't have the tools um, or the capacity, if you think about very complex um, spam cases, for example, that may need added technical capabilities where we then provide added support. So we have a small um, operations pillar compared to other platforms, but nothing like the um, tens of thousands of people employed by other large platforms. Mm-hmm. And has this evolved as Wikipedia and the Wikimedia Foundation have grown and time has passed? Or was this structure set in place right back at the very beginning? Oh, this is an ongoing journey. Uh, and at the beginning of Wikipedia, the foundation didn't even exist. Uh, The foundation was created in 2004, so three years after um, the first Wikipedia language version started serving the world. Um, The way to think about this conceptually, probably quite compellingly, is to think about a frame and a painting within. The communities are interested in their own charitable motives, create pieces of art like composing a Wikipedia, Um, resource of knowledge for humankind in a language version. And the foundation provides a supportive frame around that painting, which consists of, by and large, 900 um, active communities, all of whom have their own approach to doing these things. So there's an ongoing conversation about where the frame ends and the piece of art starts, and vice versa, depending on your perspective. 
uh, it's an ongoing and will be throughout the life cycle of our projects uh, an ongoing conversation. It's a fascinating concept. Is there any other, um, I can't actually even think of the, the way to describe it, but I love your analogy with the, the painting and the piece of art. Is there anything else that exists that has this type of structure and, and, and is even similar to this? There's certainly nothing quite like it. And each community, as I noted, also has its specific um, approach to these things. So the way we interface with our community partners on, say, Japanese language Wikipedia is structurally very different than our relationship to, say, English language Wikipedia or Wikidata. Uh, but there are, in general, I think, other platforms that have broadly comparable, what you can probably fairly call, um, community-centered trust and safety models. Uh, while Reddit, for example, has a distinctly different approach to the relationship between the um, corporation and its user base, it still relies very heavily on community self-governed content moderation, albeit the accountability mechanism for those uh, mods, of course, being distinctly different than what Wikipedia administrators, for example, have. You must then put a lot of trust in these communities. Um, how do the individuals get involved and how do you know that they are trustworthy and are doing this for the right reasons? A good way to think about this is to think about uh, adjacent circles of trust. So when, say, a smaller language Wikipedia version um, obtains new editors, it's not a process in which the Wikimedia Foundation be on the sheer uh, availability and support for the infrastructure is involved. Communities have their own um, local policies and local vetting processes, like the elections uh, on English language Wikipedia, with which they decide uh, on a local level whether or not that person is sufficiently trustworthy to do on the community's behalf um, the scope of voluntary activities that they are voting on or discussing. There's a variety of selection mechanisms. Only after that, a next circle of trust um, starts where a second layer of user rights, also community controlled and assigned um, interfaces. And this is where the Wikimedia Foundation's um, role starts becoming slightly more active. But it's useful to think about this collection of rings of trust, with the Wikimedia Foundation being one among others. Uh, we are not the controlling center of most of these self-governing processes. Otherwise, they would not be self-governing. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. And it, how long have you actually been doing this? And how, how did you actually get get involved because it's almost like you know i can't imagine that you know at sort of university age you thought to yourself you know that this is who i want to work for or this is what i want to do because it is it is very niche and it almost feels like there are very few people that could actually do this job i think the availability for these kinds of roles and the ability to do them is actually significantly wider than a lot of people might suspect. Um, in my case, which is potentially somewhat typical for Wikipedians, it actually started before university uh, was even on the plate uh, in terms of years of age. Uh, I started in early 2004 uh, with articles that I 
edited or created, depending on the case, mostly created back those days, um, about Byzantine emperors uh, in a reasonably wide range of rather obscure um, topics related to history and philosophy. Brilliant. Uh, formerly, I only joined the Wikimedia Foundation um, in early 2013, while I was a graduate student. So it it all I mean that's that's still quite a a long time ago, and so you have uh, you know you've been in this role for for quite a while. How have you seen things changing during that period of time, and have the challenges that you face become completely different to when you began? So throughout the roles um, that I have had in the ecosystem related to content moderation as well as the right array of other topics, there are a couple of trends that certainly have been true throughout. For example, that in the end, whether or not our trust and safety model or indeed any other trust and safety model in the industry, right, there's three, four standard types, um, does a good job or a bad job boils down to the individual experience of vulnerable people and concerned individuals that bring their concern forward, articulated, which in itself is a meaningful act of emotional labor and trust into your services, and then seeing what happens with it. That has been true throughout, and everyone, I think, these days does a better job at it than if mm -hmm. you look at the very early days in the early 2000s mm. or even just a couple of years ago. Um, one of the things that has fundamentally shifted, and this is both true for the foundation's ecosystem as well as probably for all your listeners, is how the regulatory environment changes. If we go back to the metaphor that I outlined about the frame and the painting within, there's a lot more pressure these days on the frame as sovereigns across the world, independent of their um, ideological outlook or institutional setup in domestic political terms, um, try to assert their sovereignty over what their citizens can do in the digital space, read and write, freely contribute to our knowledge or just go shopping. Um, this is fundamentally changing uh, the context in which this very personal interaction, this very personal and ideally um, empathetic or compassionate experience of the individual concern is being adjudicated. That's fascinating. And tell me a bit about your um, work with the TSPA, that's the Trust and Safety professional association um, who are partners with Marketplace Risk and are doing some amazing work globally in the trust and safety space. You are closely involved with, with them and are, in fact, I believe, one of the founding members. Uh, the Wikimedia Foundation is a founding member of the TSPA, right. that's true. Mm -hmm. It's probably useful to briefly contextualize um, the TSPA's origin. So as platforms, big and small, um, started wrestling as more regular part of their operations and the value proposition they bring to the users um, with what is now called trust and safety issues, issues of concern, but also fraud and a wide variety of other challenges that are faced by every core operation in the space. It became quite clear that this is a meaningful field in the technology and specifically in the user-generated content um, industry, 
but there are no shared practices. Um, there is a long-standing tradition of having informal conversations among people that have been around this part of the industry for a very long time, but really nothing that would be reasonably equitable in terms of access or reasonably transparent in terms of, okay, how do you actually build an operation of this nature? Uh, so a bunch of industry veterans, which very distinctly do not include me or indeed the other corporate representatives um, that joined at the founding, um, got together and said, look, you know, we should do something about this and help this field to reach some level of maturity that makes it more accessible and more transparent and enables people to understand this key component of their online experience, both as individual citizens in their countries, but also as you know, policymakers, etc. Uh, in other contexts. So they reached out to platforms, including the Wikimedia Foundation, and said, hey, this is our idea, uh, what we want to do. Uh, and it struck us, and it's imminently sensible, um, as a charitable organization strongly committed to transparency, uh, to join this shared effort um, across practitioners of industry. Um, my role is somewhat more modest than those early pioneers. Uh, I'm the corporate representative for the foundation, um, as well as a member of the working group that creates uh, what the TSBA has christianized the curriculum, which really is a starter kit uh, for people who either just wander into this field, which is an increasingly frequent um, occurrence for younger professionals coming uh, from their first startup role or potentially just looking uh, for what to do after their education has completed, as well as for people who just want to start a business that has components that touch upon trust and safety, but don't really know, okay, what are a couple of questions I should think about as I make these decisions? Mm -hmm. So the curriculum over time uh, it has started publishing the first iterations last year and will continue to do that quarter after quarter this year and going forward just brings a bunch of people who have been through all these questions themselves together and said, okay, let's write something down that looks reasonably helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we iterate on that. It's available on their website. Fantastic. Um, in terms of the trust and safety policy that you have at Wikimedia, how often does that have to change and evolve? Is that an ongoing part of your job? It very much is for certain layers. So our communities create and enforce their own local policies that are appropriate both for their language as well as for their sociocultural context. Um, they change them on their own agency. They don't consult us on those, and that is exactly the way self-governance should work, both in terms of their changing enforcement practices, but also when it comes to the policies themselves. Uh, foundation policy, so when we're moving out of the piece of art into the frame, uh, of course, also is an ongoing iteration process. The biggest initiative um, that may be of interest to readers in that field currently ongoing is called the Universal Code of Conduct and really deals with a quite peculiar and interesting challenge. What happens if a small community and a lot of our communities on the platform are small communities, mm -hmm. do not create their own conduct policies. 
that basically fill in the blanks after the Wikimedia Foundation's community co-created terms of use. And then you need enforcement guidelines as well as what are the shared uh, pillars of conduct, both positive and negative, to be avoided um, that the entire community reliant on our platform across projects um, embraces. This is a multi-year initiative that has first articulated um, those pillars and then now, and voting is ongoing at this very moment uh, until Monday, um, created also in a separate community-led committee um, drafting the enforcement guidelines. So what's happening this week up until Monday is the global user base of the Wikimedia Foundation's platform voting on whether or not to adopt um, the enforcement guidelines for the Universal Code of Conduct, which really is the first time that mm -hmm. a large platform has its user base decide um, whether or not the trust and safety posture is what they want or whether they want to iterate, which is perfectly possible, um, and then have another vote after that. And what do you think will happen? Well, the beauty of democracy is that you never know. So <laughs> you will find out sometime next week after the volunteer scrutinizers um, of the voter rolls have completed their work and press the decrypt button on the result. Well, I look forward to hearing about that. Uh, maybe, yeah, you'll need to come back on and tell us more. In the last couple of minutes, Jan, I'm, I'm fascinated by what your role actually involves. And I think a good way to ask you that question is, what is there such thing as a typical day for you? Because I know that the, the Wikimedia Foundation is actually based in in the west coast uh, of of america you're actually european based what what does your day tend to actually look like or is there just n no way of of actually um having a a kind of typical day is it is it too varied well it's certainly pretty reliable um thanks to the fact that we think about trust and safety not just distinctly different our relationship with our user base but also somewhat unusual in an industrial context. Uh, so in our case, trust and safety is um, part of the legal department, so far so common. But it also has a nearly equal-sized component in the product department, whose uh, teams working on trust and safety issues have a unified technical roadmap managed from within my verticals within uh, legal. So these are the two big pillars. And that model really enabled us to stabilize what otherwise, you're absolutely correct, would be a quite unusual every day is a new adventure experience <laughs> to a degree that is highly unusual in industry, specifically because we have so many language versions far more mm. than any other large platform provider. Um, but because of the structure that we have iterated our way towards to over the last three years in particular, it actually is pretty reliable and enables me to look after Asia Pacific uh, with more focus in the morning then work my way through the EMEA um, region around lunch uh, and then wrap up the day with the Americas quite yes. consistently. Yes, I know. I know what those um, afternoon American calls are, are, are like. And um, yes, yeah, spreading your day across the globe. That's fascinating. Um, Jan, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, 
we obviously will um, have you getting involved in, in more marketplace events, both virtual and in person, now that you're on the advisory board. Is there anything, any way that people, you know, can maybe connect with you or reach out or find out more about the Wikimedia Foundation if if they want to? Um, because I know that our, our listeners will have found this really interesting and might want to, to find out more or even the TSPA. And for the TSPA, I would certainly invite people to have a look at their website, which I think is very well curated. Um, the foundation is very easily findable on English language Wikipedia, of course, which has its own appropriately critical coverage um, of the institution. And trust and safety in particular, if you just put the term into Google, I suspect my team's page is probably the first hit that you'd get um, in Google search outputs in case people are interested in some of that. Uh, for getting in touch with me, the easiest is probably LinkedIn, uh, where I am sort of reasonably around. Fantastic. Uh, that's brilliant. And thank you again for coming on the podcast today, Jan. Thank you kindly for having me. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to check us out at marketplacerisk.com for information and resources to help startups launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on all of our conferences, summits, virtual events, and more.